Is the bruising during a cupping session bad? Should I want that reaction? How intense should it be? What's up, everybody? My name is John Campioni, and this is the Rock Tape Podcast. If you're familiar with cupping therapy, you know there is a contentious discussion regarding the so-called therapeutic bruise. If you're unfamiliar, let me get you up to speed. When a therapy cup or a rock pods is applied to the skin, there is a suction effect applied by the plunger, in the case of the rock pods, a vacuum, or even heat. The suction effect creates a negative pressure on the skin and the underlying tissue and lifts the tissue, causing a decompression of the underlying layers. Very frequently... Once the pot is removed, there is an improvement of pain and or range of motion. However, there is very often another result, the bruise. Often we see a perfect circle of deep discoloration on the skin that can be anywhere from red to purple. This is a common reaction for cupping therapies, especially over compromised tissue. Herein lies the question at hand. Is this a necessary reaction? Is this something we should strive for when using this therapy? To answer those questions, we have to dive into the reaction that creates this result. The reaction comes from an enzyme known as heme oxygenase. We discussed this with Steve Capobianco in episode 10 of the podcast. Heme oxygenase is an enzyme that catalyzes oxidative degradation of heme to form biliverdin, carbon monoxide, and free iron. Biliverdin is then reduced to bilirubin by another enzyme. There is increasing evidence that has indicated the critical role of heme oxygenase in cell protection and more diverse biological functions. So what is its role with cupping? Let's talk technical for a moment. This is from an article in the Frontiers of Pharmacology. Upon injury, prolonged inflammation and oxidative stress may cause pathological wound healing and fibrosis, leading to a formation of excessive scar tissue. Fibrogenesis can occur in most organs and tissues and may ultimately lead to organ dysfunction and failure. The underlying mechanism of pathological wound healing is still unclear and are considered multifactorial, but so far, no efficient antifibrotic therapy exists. Extra and intracellular levels of free heme may be increased in a variety of pathological conditions due to the release of heme proteins. Free heme has pro-inflammatory and oxidative properties and may act as a danger signal. Effects of free heme may be counteracted by heme-binding proteins or by heme degradation. Heme is degraded by heme oxygenase that exists in two forms, a 1 and a 2. Heme oxygenase generates the molecules biliverdin, which becomes bilirubin, carbon monoxide, and free iron. Heme oxygenase deficiency in mouse and man leads to exaggerated inflammation following mild insults, and accumulating epidemiology and preclinical studies support the notion of its cell protective, antioxidative, and anti-inflammatory effects. There's a lot to digest, so let's break it down simplistically. When there is injury, heme is released into its free form and can lead to inflammation and accelerated oxidation of the tissue, which can lead to eventual fibrotic activity, basically scar tissue formation. When we provide the skin strain with the negative pressure from the rock pods, it stimulates heme oxygenase that gobbles up the free heme and catabolizes it into carbon monoxide, biliverdin, which becomes bilirubin, and then iron. 
we go from a bad reaction to a good reaction in a sense. The discoloration you see after cupping may be coming from the biliverdin and bilirubin. Look at the suffix, verdin being a greenish color and rubin that red color. This could explain why we get this reaction on the surface of the skin. We induce the release of an enzyme that takes the free heme into a catabolic cascade with byproducts that have a specific color associated with them. The next question is the intensity level of the mark. We don't know from good or bad, but what we can speculate on is that more compromised tissue may be easier to stimulate the heme oxygenase reaction because there may be more free heme. Hence, why some people, or even different areas of the body on the same person, get a strong reaction to the cups. What we ultimately must understand is that this reaction can occur in compromised tissue because of the free heme and the stimulation of heme oxygenase. What you as the practitioner must understand is that the reaction is neither good or bad, it's something that may occur. We must educate our patients so they understand you will be using the minimal effective dose to treat them and their comfort is paramount. Keep a few things in mind with your patients and cupping. First, the reaction may occur and it's not good or bad, it's just something that may happen. Secondly, a patient always has control if something is uncomfortable and or painful. If you educate your patients about this reaction and its possibilities, they get to decide if they are willing to have those marks. Who knows? Maybe they just don't want the marks on their body. Keep in mind treatment duration for soft tissue has been found to be appropriate from 90 seconds to 5 minutes for a given area. Just like any tool, the cups could cause excessive strain leading to injury if done inappropriately. If you want more information regarding the Rock Tape FMT model of cupping therapies, check out one of our RockPod courses at rocktape.com. What's up, everybody? It's John. Thank you so much for downloading the Rock Tape Podcast. And as a thank you, I want to offer you 15% off your next order of tape, topicals, and mobility tools and apparel at shop.rocktape.com. 15% off the best tape and gear around. Just use the code ROCKCAST. That's R-O-C-K-C-A-S-T at shop.rocktape.com for 15% off your next order. That's the code ROCKCAST for 15% off your next order of Rock Tape so you can go stronger, longer. Longer.